What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Busy Sticks, the Geek vs. All Gaming Talk Show. It's good to be back here in the middle of the holidays, post-Christmas, right before New Year. So it only makes sense for us to talk what would be really the initial set of top five, really possibly top 10. We'll see. John and I might have some overlap, but our game of the year here, uh, 2021. So we're going to get into that discussion in just a little bit. I'm Josiah Leroy, with me as always. And before before I say who he is, you, you already know who he is, but I thought this was a nice compliment. This week, uh, Lauren, my wife, said, everybody needs a John Fick in their life. <laughs> and I couldn't agree more. So I've got John Fick, Baba Yaga himself. John, I hope you had a nice Christmas. Welcome back to Busy Sticks. I did. That's amazing. I'd love to hear the context of that. So that's a very <laughs> good compliment. But yeah, Christmas was great. Uh, still enjoying a nice little holiday break. I took some time off work. I'm still cruising through the new year. It's uh, it's nice. Good stuff, man. I um, I think the... Well, I mean, I'm always like bragging about you, but I think the context was, um, I, I don't know why we were ta- we're talking about the the beard, of course, you know, all these weeks later, and, or lack thereof. And I think I just was like, you know, John was just like, you know, he's just Joe, whether he's got a beard or not. It was just like, and I, I was like, yeah, hey, you know, I take that as a compliment. And Lauren's like, you know, I, I think everyone needs a John Fick in their life. <laughs> the hype, yeah. <laughs> I was like, right. I, I, I'll take it. I agree. So have you been maintaining the... Uh, I assume you've been shaving? This, I, I assume you would have a little bit more going on. Every day. Yeah? Uh, You're keeping it up? It, it. Well, I shouldn't say that. Every two days, basically, is is when I have to. And like one... So I, I took a little time off before Christmas from work myself. Um, it, it got a little intense there. Like I looked a little homeless for a bit. So I was like, all right, do I commit or do I go back? And I, I ended up shaving again. Because um, it feels good. You know, I've, I've been enjoying it. So yes. here we are. <laughs> um, thanks again uh, for, for joining Busy Sticks here. Whether you're listening on podcast services around the globe or watching at youtube.com slash the Geekiverse, we really appreciate you joining the ride. Like I teased, we are going to talk about the initial set of Busy Sticks Game of the Year uh, candidates. We're going to kind of narrow it down. John's going to pick five. I'm going to pick five. We'll give you a, a ranking there. Uh, John and I always have some overlap, so we'll see where that goes. But we don't just love video games here. We also love beer. So as always, we're going to start off the show talking about what what we've got in our glass, not just what's in our system. John, I'm going to hand it over to you first. What do you have for this episode? Before I dive into that, I just have to make one comment. I love that you say podcast services around the globe too, because I do the same thing. And obviously, we both got it from kind of funny. And for me, it was a, a completely subconscious thing. I can't even say the phrase podcast services without saying around the globe and just re- just in like general conversation. Greg Miller has nailed that into my head so hard that like podcast services is podcast services around the globe. I, it's just so funny to me that it, it sticks with you too. But thanks, Greg. I, yeah, I've, I've always like, I've, I struggled to find a good way to say it. And I was like, I'm not going to try to reinvent the wheel here. So I'm just going to use what what is used by one of our heaviest influences anyway. Right. <laughs> so, it's just, it, it's just so funny. Uh, but to beer, it's a, it's a fun week because I went, with, uh, I went with one of my favorites. So this is a go-to of mine. Um, I feel like I've, I've talked about it before, but to me, home for me, my home beer is a, uh, is a hoppy, bitter IPA. And one of the best ones that you can get here in Western New York, not from Western New York, it's from uh, one of my favorite places on the planet. Vermont is Lawson's Sip of Sunshine. So this is one of my favorite IPAs that you can get here in Buffalo. You can grab it at Consumers. You can grab it at Premier Gourmet, any beer store you go to. Um, Out of Vermont, very, very good. uh, Just super, super hoppy IPA. Big fan. West Coast style. I mean, it's it's Northeast, but it's kind of like a West Coast style IPA. 
it just looks delicious from the can. I yeah. love the the can you got there. It's awesome. Good stuff, man. I'll have to give it a try. Uh, for me, I did go local as I have been doing here. Uh, this one's kind of close to me out in the middle of nowhere in, in the country in Western New York. Uh, but Batavia, I've got Eli Fish, who's doing some really awesome things here in the last few years. A uh, little bit of a, a Christmassy beer because that's what awesome. I've been sticking with the last few weeks. Ginger Squad. So this is a stout. It's got ginger, molasses, and other spices in it. Um, I'm not Stout is, is not usually a go-to for me. I don't dislike them. It's just not my first pick. But I've really enjoyed this one, and it definitely helped get me in the, the holiday spirit. You know, I uh, I so was a, a little are going to pick. Up- I was a little bummed with. Uh, I went to Consumers today to grab my beer, and I was a little bummed with their lack of uh, Christmas beers. I, I wanted to get something seasonal, but I, and I just wasn't in the mood for a stout, which I know is you know that's your winter style beer. But usually there's some like you know some dark lagers and stuff like that. I couldn't find much, so I just went back to something I, that I know here. But I'm glad to see one of us has a holiday beer. Yes, for sure. I, I put that one aside. It's my last can from the four pack, so I'm excited to to have that. But as always, John, uh, we'll, we'll have a toast. So cheers to you, my friend. Cheers, brother. And it's a good day. You know, we've got uh, Buffalo Sabres hockey back. Got some of our, our exciting prospects in the lineup. We've got the Book of Boba Fett making its debut today. So it's just a good day overall, right? It is a great Talking day. Talking video yeah. games. Absolutely. Uh, why don't we jump into uh, to show and tell to my week? So what I've got, I, I've had uh, some... I, I, I feel like I go down the rabbit hole when it comes to... to merchandise tied to pop culture tied to video games you name it which i think most of us do uh last year it was like buying beer glasses i just john introduced me to glass to mouth and i was getting i swear every new glass that came out it's one of them that i do have today this is not my show and tell but it's got baby Groot and baby yoda on there uh it's been controllers lately like there's been so many interesting designs and cool things out there when it comes to playstation and xbox controllers so I did bite the bullet. I got the the Xbox 20th anniversary controller. Ooh, yeah, that's that's hot. It is pretty. The grips are actually a little, just a little bit different. The rubber, um, right? Than what? Yeah. The so uh, the Forza one is like that as well. I was going to ask you about that. So I've got the if you're watching the video version, the the green on the back. I I don't think it's it's the prettiest controller in the world, but seeing it in person, I think makes it a little bit better. It's a little bit see through, so you can see the inner workings there. It's got the 20th anniversary logo. What I like is the middle, the, the Xbox guide button. So good is green. Uh, so you know, typically it's it's not that color, and it it just looks a little bit different. So that's where I've been uh, lately with buying stuff. Uh, I just I can't help myself, and I, I pre-ordered the the purple PlayStation Five controller. Did the, you the Dual Sense? That was the one I wanted. Got it right from uh, the PlayStation Store, so that'll be coming. Uh, I think January 11th. But this is what I got for now. Cool. So yeah, you you said you got the Forza one, and I think that maybe like opened my eyes a little bit. I was like, all oh, right, what what's out there? I, I see they just came out with the Boba Fett controller from Didn't Razer. That. that looks really cool. Uh, we got the the Halo Elite number two that you just can't find on the market right now unless you you go secondary market. But uh, kind of fun. And then John, if I could steal the spotlight for one more second, kind of have a, a show and tell. 1B, if you will. Um, again, if you're watching, I've got a brand new shirt here. It's the Buffalo Smile shirt from 26 Shirts. That just arrived in the mail this week. My family put in a pretty big order for those. And I've talked about and promoted 26 Shirts for a number of years now. We've been friends with Dell. It's a great camaraderie. What's awesome is I've worked with him at a number of capacities, but not from this side of things. So this actually benefited my Aunt Sue, who's been battling cancer on and off for... Uh, well, really mostly on for the last few years here. 
all these curveballs thrown her way and she just kind of keeps standing up uh, to the next one. And it's awesome to see the support. So this year I was happy and surprised to see benefited her. Well, it did really well. So if you bought it in Western New York or outside the area and you, you got it, tag, tag us in a, a picture in a, on, on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, it did really well. It, it got over the threshold it needed to, to double the amount that went to the beneficiary, which was my aunt Sue. So thank you if you bought one or if you even checked it out and told a friend about it, we really appreciate it. But it's, it's nice to see it from the, all the good work they do. By the way, they're just shy of $1.3 million in terms of donations now. So these guys are on fire. They're, uh, they're really so doing unbelievable stuff. Uh, John, what, what have you been playing? What's in your system here as we're, we're over the, the Christmas break? You know, like I said, I've been off for the week. I really need to start playing some more games because I've kind of just been chilling and watching movies, which has been fun. I've been catching up on my 2021 movie list, too. I've watched, uh, watched a lot of good stuff. Um, but I do want to get to, to play some more games. I did get Far Cry 6 for Christmas. That was something that my wife got me. That's the only, you got it, too? Awesome. That, yeah. That's the only game that I got for Christmas, actually. But I think it's the only one I asked for. Um, so I got Far Cry 6. I need to start that. But what I have been playing has been the game that has been my pick-up-and-play game for at least a year now and i finally just finished it is uh super mario 3d world for the switch so i've been having a lot of fun with that that's just always been my game it's like all right i'll just play a couple levels and the way i play that game is i won't pass a level until i have all three green stars i have the stamp and i've got to the top of the flag so i won't even i won't even start the next level so it's taking me a little bit longer because i'm going all in on these levels um yeah i just for some reason i just picked it up like you know what this is this is the break i'm gonna just gonna go all in i beat the uh the main story and I was surprised to find out that there's more levels after that. There's like a star world and then there's something after that too. So I'm still grinding away and it's been a lot of fun. Um, but that's been like my main, cause I've been watching movies. So I've been kind of just chilling on the couch, playing my switch while I'm watching those. Um, other than that, Fortnite I've been back into because of the, the holiday event they did, uh, they did a, like a winter map again. And also they brought Spider-Man to Fortnite. So that was, that was enough to get me in as well. Uh, the new Battle Pass, uh, Spider-Man is the level 100 skin. And then they also brought Tom Holland Spider-Man to the to the store where you can j- just buy, which of course I did. So I just been running around the, the Fortnite map um, in a, a snowy storm wearing a Spider-Man Tom Holland skin with Captain America's shield on my back and him holding the Leviathan axe. How cool is Fortnite? Dude, Fortnite nails it when it comes to their bonus characters, if you will. They like, have everything. It makes me want to play so bad. And yeah. I... we. You know, if you found the Geekiverse, I've just played uh, during that charity stream uh, a year and a half ago, or a little over a year ago, anyway. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it always makes me, it piques my interest when Mando is there, Boba Fett's there now, right? He is, he's in the shop uh, right now, yep. It's man, just so just, impressive. Yeah. And like, like I said, the combinations you can do, like because you, 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 you pick your skin, you pick what they call a back bling, which is something your character weighs on the back, and you have a pickaxe too. So like... Like I said, I always, no matter what, I have Captain America's shield on my back and the Leviathan axe from God of War as my pickaxe. But just to be able to mat, like mix and match that stuff up is so cool. That's good stuff all yeah. around. They're like I said, they're always hitting on those. Um, Mario, is that is that the one that came out with Bowser's Fury? It is. So I want, I'm going to get to Bowser's Fury as well. So I want to get through all of these levels, get through you know, get everything by three stars and everything like that, and then I'm going to go into Bowser's Fury. So I played, uh, I did play that Mario when it came out earlier this year. I, I didn't do what you, you're doing with collecting the stars. I just kind of wanted to get through it, uh, but I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. You, did you, uh, did you finish it? Was, I did. Did you do any of the levels after, like after the credits? Uh, I did some. Okay. I, I wanted to jump into Bowser's Fury, so I, I didn't play as long as I wanted to. I kind of lost focus, but uh, both games are good. 
it, it's really sure. I, th- I think it's incredible like i'm actually i think it's probably because it was on the wii u but i think it's a pretty underrated 3d mario game and it almost is like a 2.5d mario game because it really is kind of that same 2d formula where you're running you know beginning of the level gotta get to the flag but they mix in those 3d elements with you know just the vastness of the level so i i've and even like the music and some of the aesthetics i've just kind of caught me off guard how much i'm enjoying it but yeah big fan i'm right there with you uh for me I, I've I've kind of quieted down a little bit because I cleaned up a lot of my my checklist and what I wanted to do in anticipation of what's going to be coming out in January and February. Um, so, Halo has been a constant. I've played at least a little bit every day, pretty much for the last few weeks. I've been into the winter event that they've got going on, where you just play a match a day and you get the the free download. So it's uh, an aesthetic for your armor, your gun all these different things. So they're doing 10 days worth of that. And if you miss them or, or miss a day, you can go in the final three days and kind of double up on stuff. So that's kind of fun. I like collecting those. Gives me a reason to keep coming back. Um, also nice to say, because I know this was not necessarily a gripe, but something we talked about on one of the, the few first few episodes of Busy Sticks a while back was uh, the selection of what you want to do in multiplayer was a little bit limited. It was random. It was kind of, okay, the challenges are based on stuff the game wants me to do versus what I want to do. And then it wasn't so much where you could segment, hey, I just want to play Slayer. Uh, It wasn't as easy to do that. They've really divided those up a lot now um, and they've done a good job. So Fiesta is constant. Team Slayer, uh, free-for-all Slayer. SWAT, which is called Tactical Slayer now. That's all I've been playing. I forgot to mention I'm still playing Halo Infinite as well. But yeah, I've, I've just been playing Tactical Slayer, and that that is just so much fun. I love that game. I I really enjoyed Fiesta. I love the idea of all the random weapons and and getting to play with weapons you may normally not see in multiplayer as frequently. So really enjoying that. Um, I feel like Halo is just going to be a constant for the rest of the, our lives. Uh, just that's how it's going to be. It's always going to be in our systems. Um, and then Metroid Dread, I've picked up again. So that man, I don't know if I'm just not good at video games or if that's really hard, but like I struggle with some of that. And I, I tried putting off looking up any strategy guide as long as I could. I'm probably about a third of the way in the, into the game, and I've had to look a few times. Just I wasn't sure where I needed to go, and I was kind of of the mind where I was like, I don't care about exploration. I just want to get there. So um, I am having fun with it. It's very challenging. It's um, it's so funny where I'm at in the game. Some of the aesthetics look like doom. Uh, some of the gameplay reminds me of Ori in, in the blind forest. And I know Met, um, Metroid as a franchise really inspired those games. So to see it come full circle really is, is kind of exciting. I mean, doom to a lesser degree, of course, right. But that's, that's a tough game. Uh, I gotta say, like, I don't know how, how, I will eventually stand up to Cuphead because this one frustrates me. Is that difficult in terms of like combat and actual like, you know, input or is it difficult in terms of like exploration and getting to the next spot or mixture of both, I guess? Little of both. I would say more so on exploration because I mean, it, it truly does not tell you what you need next. You know, you need something. You need a specific power up to get where you got to go, but you don't know where to go find it. It's not a huge, overwhelming map, but for me, who kind of wants a little bit of a linear progression, I, I like to know. So I look up, hey, where do I got to go next? And I right. find my way there. Um, I just faced the second boss, and that was miserable. It took me at least 20 times to figure out how to, to stay alive long enough to kill this thing. And looking up stuff online, it basic, a lot of people were having the same issue. They were saying... I looked at all these different strategies. Some worked, some didn't. And um, 
they basically were saying this should not have been the second boss. This should have been maybe third, fourth down the line. So I, that made me feel a little bit better with, you know, looking up some stuff on Reddit with some longtime Metroid fans who have been doing this for, for ages. Um, what's funny enough is I finally beat this boss. Thought I saved the game. Apparently didn't. There's, there's not an auto save feature. I screwed up. I jumped back into the game a few days later and had to do it all over again. However, I did it in one try. <laughs> so oh, nice. the first time was hell. Took me forever. I can't wait to talk to Tim about this. Took me forever. I was so frustrated. And then um, I was like, I have to do this again. Do I quit or do I actually do it? And I, I got him in one try using the strategy I did last time. So if anyone gets stuck on that second boss for Metroid Dread, I'm your guy. That's awesome. That just that just that yeah. did remind me though. So not not what's in my system, but what's in another household member system. Um, so when I started playing Super Mario 3D 3D World over the last couple of weeks, my wife Courtney has been interested too. She's like, I'm kind of burned out with Animal Crossing, and I want something to do with my Switch. And like, I like Mario games. Like, I'd like to try that too. So I downloaded that for her, and she was having a lot of fun with it. But it was really difficult. The 3D aspects. It's she's not into platformers. She doesn't have a good you know history with them. So it was tough for her. So for Christmas, I actually got her new Super Mario Brothers. Wii U, Luigi, whichever, whatever the newest 2D Mario one that was on the Wii U that got ported to the Switch, I got her that for Christmas, and she's been having a lot of fun with it. But your your frustration with that boss and the fact that I didn't save reminds me of all that I'm hearing on the couch to my right as I'm sitting here playing Mario, and she's <laughs> just going off. So in in this new Super Mario Brothers, you 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 you're on your you're on this little Mario map, and there's there's levels in between, and there's castles, right? So the levels, and you get to a castle. None of those levels that you beat save until you beat the castle, apparently. And that is incredibly frustrating for her because those levels are supposed to be relatively easy for people who are, you know, comfortable on uh, with platformers and with controllers. But for somebody new, it's a big accomplishment when they finally beat that level that they've been w- working on for a half hour. And then just to go to the next one, die, and realize you have to do them all over again has been... It has been brutal for her. So she's been a champ. She just beat the castle yesterday that she's been working on. So those four levels finally saved. But it's been really fun to watch her play like a game that's not Animal Crossing and have a lot of fun. Oh, my gosh. Well, listen, Courtney, if you're watching or listening to this, if you remember in the movie Wreck-It Ralph, there's like a support group for all the villains early on. Like if you need that for platformers, I'm your guy. Like that platformers frustrate the hell out of me. Why do I keep coming back? I don't know. I love it. I'm your guy. Let me know if you need to talk. <laughs> um, also, kudos to you guys in, in making that happen. I love when you, you hear someone breaking into a game they haven't played before, right. like a spouse or, or a friend, you name it. Uh, we're going to introduce a new segment, John. We talked about this earlier. We want to get some more fan engagement here on Busy Sticks. This is a, it's, it's a milestone episode for us. So you're number five. <laughs> it's a big deal. So question of the week. What is your most anticipated game for 2022 what you know it doesn't have to be confirmed but what do you think is coming out next year john i'm going to have you hold your answer because next episode we're going to talk a little bit more in depth but if you're you're watching or listening what's your most anticipated game of 2020 well 2022 uh answer on facebook on twitter on youtube we're going to scrub all three of those or instagram even and we'll read some of the answers on air as well as share ours in the the episode that we record next week. Yeah, I like this a lot. Um, it's, it's always nice. So every time we post one of these videos, we get a few comments and uh, you know re- tweet re- replies, like talking about the thing we just talked about. But at the end of the day, we just talked about it. So there's not much uh, back and forth. So this is a great idea to be able to throw something out there and collect some information, some answers, and come back and revisit the next episode. So definitely excited about this. 
Yeah, me too. We'll we'll see where it goes here. Excited to to get some more engagement there. Let's get to it, man. I know you and I have been thinking about this for months as we've played through some of these games. Game of the year, 2021, the initial game of the year for Busy Sticks. You're going to have one. I'm going to have one. Maybe it's the same. You and I did not share lists. We didn't talk about this. I think we kind of know some of the games that are going to appear, as always, right? But, but we're going to go 5-4-3-2-1. We're going to talk about some of these on the list. Uh, John, why don't you kick us off? If, if you're talking about game of the year, 2021, yep. what's number five on your list? What makes the cut for Mr. Disruptoid? So my five and four were close. It could have, it could have, you could have asked me this tomorrow or yesterday and the, the, the answer could have been different, but I, I made this list today and this is, this is where I have it. Um, my, my number five is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. That's a, so it's a really, really strong game. I, I it's gorgeous. It's a, it's, it's an absolute technical marvel for the ps5 the ray tracing the lighting the animation beautiful beautiful game at the end of the day the gameplay for me is just just good not great i'm not having like the time of my life with these fights it's kind of just uh almost like a -a collect-a-thon when it comes i'm just like destroying these bosses and collecting all these bolts and it's it's a visual feast it's a lot of really it's it's you know it's gorgeous to look at and in the story it's just whatever it's a it's a ratchet and clank it's kind of like a you know, a younger audience targeted story. So those things kind of keep it lower on my list, but I think absolutely worth uh, playing, especially I'm sure you can get it a little bit cheaper now. It's been out for a few months, but Rift Apart is my number five. Dude, very, very good choice. I love this game. It was so much fun. I platinumed it. Uh, I went, so I, you didn't really have to play this one twice. You could go back, get some of the collectibles you missed. Uh, I think if you have a PS5, this is a game you buy. This is a launch year game you buy to show off your system, to show off the graphics. But it is more than that. It's not just a pretty game. It plays well. Like you said, the combat's okay. It's nothing mind-blowing. The story's fine. Uh, you don't have to have any prior Ratchet & Clank context to really appreciate this game. I'm sure longtime fans will appreciate it, but uh, I only had played the, the Ratchet & Clank game that came out a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, the or the tie-in one. Yeah, uh, the, one, for the, the movie. Right, me, me, me too. That's my only other Ratchet game. And um, they reference some of it. You don't need to know that. It's it's kind of a, a wink if you did, so you appreciate it. But anyway, uh, great new characters that we got. The dimensions thing is amazing. It's a great voice cast. The the traversal to different dimensions and how you kind of pull your character through could not have happened graphically speaking on a ps4 this makes it just beautiful and i can't say it enough insomniac is just on fire and they're not just delivering quantity they're delivering extreme quality with the spider-man games with this it's almost like they're the only ones doing anything at sony these days crazy right (laughs) but it's unbelievable what they've got going on couldn't agree more awesome choice number five for me i i think I could have swapped these as well on my list, but uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is is what lands number five for me. We talked about it in our first episode of Busy Sticks, kind of our review, so you can check that out. Go listen to the podcast. Uh, it's a good Guardians game. It's a little bit like Insomniac makes Spider-Man their own. We saw the same here with Guardians. It's its own entity. Uh, it's a departure from the movies while not totally getting away from what made those special. So it takes a nice bit of elements in, uh, and wraps them up into one cohesive story that really has a lot of heart. Uh, gameplay, again, is not anything crazy special, but I really think the best decision in all of this in terms of concept was to make one playable character as Star-Lord. Because initially, when this was revealed, I was like, sweet, 
I get to play as all the Guardians and swap back and forth. Nope. It's not like Marvel's Avengers that came out last year. We saw that one. One character. So this, right, this is focused. And because of that, I think they were able to get more more accomplished in terms of quality for the story, for the dialogue, the comedy, even the gameplay. It's not groundbreaking, but it's fun. It's tight. It works. So that's number five for me. Did you have this on your list, John? Uh, perfect segue because it's my number four. So yeah, so, so Guardians is my number four. So yeah, I, I'm with you on everything. It, it is a very, very good Guardians game. All the I said this in our review. We did a full review. You can check that out on our YouTube channel and podcast services around the globe. Um, it's just it, I, every fear that I had when I saw the first announcement trailer was unwarranted. I, I was just worried that it was going to be an open world. I was worried that they were going to feel like a, a dollar store bargain bin style Guardians cast. Everything that I feared just wasn't the case. I just really enjoyed it. Um, it was a good story. It wasn't broken. The game worked. You know, it, it was it was really pretty. Graphics were great. Different environments. Uh, I didn't feel like the. I was one of the, the biggest worries I had was that we only really saw like two um, combat sequences in those first trailers, and I thought that the enemies were going to be very copy and paste. I thought I was just going to be facing these like rectangle, triangle, you know, polygonal cubes for the whole story. And it's not like that. Every time you go to a new planet, there's a different set of characters, a di- different set of enemies. So um, yeah, it's, it's just really good. I recommend it to anybody who's a fan of superhero games. It's a good Guardian story, and it's and it's fresh. You can get that one on discount right now. That's been on sale since Thanksgiving. So go do not miss that. If you like Marvel video games at all, like go get this. Um, I think that's a really good way to put it, John, that all your fears were kind of quelled there because I was the same way. I was going to buy this game and play it no matter what, because I love Guardians of the Galaxy. Like we joked about it in our fantasy league uh, chat that you, you spent a lot of money, fake money to go get this so that you would outbid me. I didn't even bid for it and mistake on my end. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I didn't have a lot of faith in the game. You I know? Think it was a solid like 83 or 84 or something like that. It got me some points. I mean, you probably could have taken it off my list. And I still would have won, but you know. Oh, yeah, we could have <laughs> taken two or three off your list. <laughs> it would have been fine. But yeah, I, I just, I can't say enough that it's on my top or in my top five says a lot. Yeah, it's uh, impressive. Personally, well, I'm, you know, not bragging here. I'm just like that. That excites it's a good, me. So, it's a good, good year. Stuff. Yeah. So number four, as I kind of anticipated, uh, number four for me was Ratchet and Clank. So we said the <laughs> uh, same thing. That's great. Yeah. So I already talked about that one. We'll, we'll jump on to number three. John, what's your, your top three game of the year? My number three, the top three in my eyes, heavy hitters this year. Very, very solid top three. Um, this was a game that is was without a doubt my most anticipated game of the year, and that is going to be Halo Infinite. Halo oh, Infinite. God. Halo Infinite comes at number three for me. Um, so we talked about what we've been playing. Uh, I forgot to mention that you know since our last episode, I did of course finish the campaign. Um, I, I, I yeah. really, yeah. So I, I really like Halo Infinite. Like I, I, I'm like borderline love. So I like it a lot. I'm really close to loving it. My biggest issue with the campaign was there just wasn't enough variance in level design. I just felt like I was either outside in this one little set piece until I was inside walking down a metal tunnel. And that's just like, that was it the whole game. So that was my only real issue. And it really started to be like, man, I would love to see something new here. But the gameplay, man, so much fun. Getting that grappling hook, being able to have that thing all the time. I was never not using that thing. I'm always I'm always airborne or there's always a canister flying my way so I can throw it at somebody. That thing is... There's a very, very quick um, refresh rate on that thing. It's always just drained for me because I'm always just... Whenever I can use it, I'm using it. I'm in the air, man. 
grappling hook is like the best the best addition to that game and the fact that you always have it in the in campaign is, is super super cool um so that was a lot of fun the open world aspect just works they did a really really good job translating the, the open world to halo um there's a lot of just you know the side stuff is is repetitive you're just walking over to a group of marines and you're, you're helping them or you're facing like a a super powered version of the enemies you that you're that you're familiar with it's fine it's what i expected and it's fun it's fun to just check that stuff off the map as i continue my my main quest pardon me um but at the end of the day the story the story was fine too i think that's where i'm that's where i'm like story and environments are just are just fine i thought they were both just okay um so that's kind of where it comes where i come down on it the multiplayer brings it up a ton i, I think the multiplayer is just absolutely great I, i'm it's something that i keep coming back to i've always been a huge fan of halo multiplayer so it's it's, it's tough for me to not like it they're just doing everything right here. Like you said, they're adding those new those new modes, and hopefully we get some new maps and stuff like that. Hopefully we get some new story content for for the uh, the campaign. That would be awesome. I, I know there's been a few a few rumors out there, a few like leaks of you know different trademark titles that have happened. So we'll see. But for now, Halo Three is uh, or I'm sorry, Halo Infinite is my number three. Yeah, dude, I I, I echo a lot of what you say there. Um, I, I we briefly touched on this. Did you ever get any of the, the the parallel Force Awakens vibes? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it, in, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's this, it's this big blockbuster franchise and it's a soft reboot and it feels a lot like the first, you know, that, that's kind of where I come. Yeah. So I, I definitely get that. It, they're, they're taking a lot of what worked in that original formula and they're reusing it in a, you know, in a modern way, in a very pretty way. Um, so, yeah, I definitely see that. Um, and, and I think that's why I have it so high on this list. It really did bring back those like original Halo one, Halo combat evolved, you know, memories and nostalgic game sessions. It's a lot of fun. Talk about it. You know, a game that, uh, we just talked about it with guardians that I, I had some concerns with, uh, maybe cautious optimism going into it. Like this needed to be a really good game, but I think it ended up being a great game. Um, uh, from my point of view, I think the multiplayer is just, it could not be better balanced. I think every time I play it, I think of Thanos just talking about balance from Infinity War. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is Halo Infinite to a T for me. I thought that... So I typically don't care for open world games. I like them depending on which one it is, but a lot of people... That's fine. They they love the the Skyrims, the Fallouts, the endless open worlds where you can just sink hours and hours and hours and hours into it and, and just have these repetitive quests and, and that's fine. It's not my cup of tea as much. I like a little bit more linear progression. This is about the perfect dose of open world for me, where you've got a pretty good campaign in terms of length. You've got a, a solid open world where I don't feel like I'm going to kill myself to just get 100% on the map. And then you've got the multiplayer, which you can play, no pun intended, infinitely. You can play this every day. I think we'll be playing this for years to come. I And I think because they did this right, they delayed this game a year. They made sure that it was what it needed to be. We don't even have all the features. We don't have the co-op multiplayer or co-op uh, campaign, excuse me. It, like you're talking about DLC. I'm all over the map with this. I can't wait to see what the future of this game is. And I already love it. If nothing else changed from, from here on out. Yeah. So in terms of the force awakens vibes, uh, I mentioned that because to me, the story felt very much Force Awakens, where I'm connecting with some of these older characters. Uh, it was, if I look at Star Wars, the first six movies, you got the original trilogy, you got the prequels. Me, I find even stuff to love in the prequels where a lot of people don't. 
I love stuff about Halo 4 and 5 that a lot of people don't. So we get to Halo Infinite or we get to Episode 7, Force Awakens. I saw so many things there where I was like, oh my gosh, they did this right. I was ready to cry at moments. I'm excited at moments. I might, you know, the hair on my arm is standing up. I remember finishing the campaign and just being, I just sat my controller down and started clapping. Daisy was sitting next to me and she goes, Daddy, what are you doing? I go, Daisy, Halo was awesome. It was totally <laughs> awesome. She's like, it was awesome? I'm like, it was awesome. That's so that's good. where I got with it. Uh, but yeah, good times. Glad to see that. Again, our, our worries were not warranted there. We got here. We got it number three on John's list. And uh, you'll, you'll see where it is on my list shortly. Uh, for me, number three, I think this is maybe where... We've got a different game, like in in our top five total. Right. Probably. Uh, I got Forza Horizon Five. Yeah. So, dude, I, I almost had this number two on the list. I love Forza Horizon Five. Loved four. That was the game that broke the barrier for me and really got me into this these uh, these titles. Having it on Game Pass, did you did you see the numbers on this? By the way, within uh, a few days of launch, up to ten million players. Yeah, I think it was it was the fastest. I think I think it had the highest numbers for any opening weekend for an, uh, a Microsoft first party game. Unbelievable! Yeah, well, I mean, we we could talk about Game Pass ad nauseum, right? We love it; it's the best value in gaming, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But my gosh, things like this. We talked about shiny games to show off the PlayStation Five with like Ratchet and Clank. This is it for the Xbox Series X. It is beautiful. It makes me care about open world activities where I just couldn't care less otherwise. There's there's a story, but it's not really anything that will grip you. But I love it. I love getting the aesthetics. I love unlocking uh, different clothes for your character, different cars, all of it. It's so much fun. It's so well done. Uh, the Forza Motorsport 5, I want to say, is the first game that came out for the Xbox One era. And I purchased that without being a Forza guy because I wanted something for my new system. And I played that, and they described that game as a celebration of cars. And I feel like this is exactly that, but it takes it to a new level. It's beautiful. Mexico looks unbelievable in this. There's so many different types of races so that it doesn't get stale. It, it's got seasons just like a lot of these other uh, games as uh, services that we play currently. So it's something that I think, like Halo, is going to go on for a long time. If you have an Xbox... Hell, if you don't have an Xbox, get Game Pass. Play this wherever you got to play it. This is a game to play. So for me to have Forza this high on my list, let alone on my list at all, is very exciting. It's a game I, I, play, I probably won't play a ton of moving forward, but I think I'll come back every few months and get a few races in. So that's kind of where I stand with it. Cool. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's one that I, I really enjoy. But it didn't make my list, not because of uh, lack of quality or you know saying anything about the game. I just didn't play enough of it, and I, I want to. I want to get back to it. Um, I, it, it was a busy fall. It was a busy holiday season. A lot, almost everything on this that we've talked about so far, besides Ratchet and Clank, has come out in, in this holiday season. So it has been packed. Um, but yeah, I, 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 so for me, uh, Horizon 3 is where I fell in love. Um, I played a lot of 4. It was fun, but like the Sydney, Australia, like my first Forza Horizon game, that's the one that really that really got me into it. Played that game for dozens of hours. Loved it. So I'm hoping that there, there's a world where I get sucked into five just like I did three. So, you know, still hold out hope for that. 
That's right. And you got the controller to boot. So you, you got to spend some time. Yeah, it's funny. The controller is just gorgeous. It, 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 does, it doesn't even reference Forza at all, really. There's just like a, a, an H on the back for, for Horizon, but the rest of it is just like a cool graffiti paint color. So that's why I was happy that was, you know, it was on brand, but off brand. So even if I'm a, a fake Forza fan this time around, I can still feel good about having the controller. Yes, I, I agree with that. Yeah. All right. So we're in, down to the nitty gritty. We are. So we're, we're, we're at number two. Uh, so my number two is Deathloop. Deathloop, man. What? <laughs> you too? Cool. So we've got Deathloop at two. Um, man, what a game. What a game. So I know what your number one is. Um, <laughs> it, it, yeah. It's something where I uh, I was always interested. The trailers always had me interested, but I just didn't know if it was going to be a game for me. We, we, we talked about how um, Bethesda games, Arcane specifically with the Dishonored stuff, never really like... That name alone doesn't sell me on a game. It sells me on the fact that I'll, I'll definitely at least try it because I know it's quality. But the lore and the stories and the stuff that the you know the the choices that they make sometimes aren't always you know they, they don't always resonate with me. This game it couldn't be further from the truth. The it is just like nothing I've played before. Deathloop is so so cool. Um, if you've seen commercials for this and you're not into like time loop style games because they're a little too open and out there, don't worry. There is a sense of uh, linearity to this game that really helps you really guides you through it. And that loop stuff is there for you as well. Um, you can you can you can go off on the on off the beaten path, and you can do as many loops as you want, and you can kind of play this game the way you want to, or you can you know play it in a, a pretty linear way. Um, just the, the the way you can get so creative about kills and just running through, and you know lack thereof kills. If you want to play it stealth, I usually hate stealth, but the um, what are they called? The slabs, the like the you know your power ups that you collect. They really they really. You know, they, they get you to play that way, and they're just so fun. Like the the shift is the one that I used, and blink. I'm pretty sure. So, so shift like lets you move far, and blink lets you go invisible. They're just so much fun to use. Um, the variance in combat, the story, everything about this game is just so so cool. Deathloop is an absolute winner. It is uh, the most unique game in a long time, I think, and I am excited to see almost what this spurs on in terms of. The, the time loop subgenre that's a little bit a little bit more linear than your average time loop game. Like John said, don't let that scare you. You got to play this game because I was a guy who was like, I don't want anything to do with these time loop games. And sure enough, there were like a bazillion of them this year. But this is one that is not in that mold. It's very unique. So much fun. The aesthetic, the graphics, uh, the pedigree for Arcane. I happen to enjoy the Dishonored games. This takes elements of those but really only takes the best elements and makes it a very unique experience. Uh, the story, by the way, uh, there was a twist I did not see coming in there, which is awesome. And there is a choice uh, at the end that you have to make to, to get your final ending. So uh, definitely with John, can't recommend it enough. You got to go and play Deathloop. Uh, just so happy that it's done so well that was nominated for so many of these categories towards the end of the year, including Game of the Year. And then it ranks so highly on our list. John, I'm going to go out of sequence because we know what my number one is. We know Halo Infinite lands in the number one spot for me. I thought about it. I, I wanted to let it stew. I didn't want the excitement of Halo just to shower over me so that I could fanboy this and get it there. I, dis I disconnected. This is where it's at. It's my game of the year. And I'm so happy that it is. And it's just a beautiful experience. We've talked about it a lot. What I want to hear about is what you've got for Game of the Year. I think I know, but I, I want everyone else to experience this. What is it, Disruptor? What do we got? 
Yeah, so th- this game has been uh, the game that I have considered my game of the year since I played it, and I've said that with the caveat that I hadn't finished Deathloop and Halo Infinite hadn't come out, and I don't think I'd played Guardians yet, so I'm like, you know, there- there's still some time. It hasn't been knocked down. Uh, for me, my game of the year is Life is Strange True Colors. That game just blew me away. It is something that I think about every day still, and it's it's partially because the soundtrack is so good. That's all I've been listening to for the last few months. Uh, the music in the game is so, so good. Um so I, I love story games. I'm a big fan. We talked about, you, you talked about um, story is a big thing for you. You, you kind of like the linear progression. Open worlds kind of have to be the right mix. Uh, they've got to do the right thing to really get you in. Um, I'm the same way. Life is Strange, obviously a very narrative focused linear game. Right up my right up my alley right away. Anytime one of these games comes out, I'm always interested. Life is Strange, Tell Me Why, uh, Gone Home, all this kind of stuff. I'm always interested from the get-go. But they don't always land. Um, you know that I'm not a big fan of Quantic Dreams games, which are very similar to this. You really have to be into those narratives. You have to be a fan of those stories. This one just hit in a way that I didn't expect it to. For me, the story is very good. It's a very adult story. Um, if you're familiar with the other Life is Strange games, I've played all of them for a little bit, but I've never finished any of them. They're very, very tongue-in-cheek, very angsty teen drama type stories, which can be good, but just the, the, just those games didn't hit for me. Life is Strange is very, very different. Uh, True Colors is very, very different. So if you've tried the, the prior Life is Strange games and you know they just didn't vibe with you story-wise, don't write off True Colors. It's, it's a lot different uh, tonally. Um, the biggest thing for me, the what sells me on this, is the location. So it's this uh, this fictional town in Colorado called Haven Springs. It's just beautiful. It's just like there's this incredible sense of community and mixed with the music and the characters and the the really cool, mysterious story that it tells. It's just something that I think about all the time that I'm probably going to go back and replay in a few weeks. I think I've been removed enough from it, but I just, yeah, True Colors is just, is just a phenomenal game. And if you're just interested in a good story with just some of the, 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 the coziest feeling music and, um, I want to say set piece, but that's not right. It's not like an uncharted style set piece, but the game design is just so, so good. It just feels so good to live in this world and to walk around and, I can't say enough about how 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 big how how much of a surprise it was for me to love this game as much as I do, knowing how I just really don't care about the other Life is Strange games. Definitely check this one out if you haven't. I I think I'm in the the same boat as you. So I I've not played this game. I I got to preface. I have not played Life is Strange here, and I want to. It's 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 going to happen very soon. I'm going to get through it. I didn't get through it in time for this discussion. Did you start but it? But that's okay. I've not. Okay. So soon. It's next on my my plate here. Uh, I really did not care for the previous Life is Strange games and Life is Strange two. I, I believe I played an episode or two. We got review codes for the Geekiverse viewers back and. I just, it, I scored it low. I was like, it's basically what you said. It's angsty. I was like, it just sounds like a whiny millennial. I was like, I don't care for this. I am willing to dive head first into this because of John's recommendation and how much he cared about this game. And I remember you texting that earlier on in the year saying, this is my game of the year without having played these other games. And then to go through Guardians and Halo and Deathloop to say it's still standing at the end of the day is pretty remarkable. 
Yeah, this is a game that people need to check out. I feel like it's it it it, it did review well, but I just don't think I think w- with its past and the fact that it's a Life is Strange game, I think that it's getting written off by a lot of people. And maybe even the fact that it's just a narrative story game. I know a lot of people out there are looking for more gameplay and looking for more open world stuff. So if that's you know if that's what you're looking for, this is obviously not going to do it for you. But if you're looking for just a a really really well written story with a good mystery and just a, a an environment that's just so fun to be in, this is a game that you're gonna love. Yeah, it, it sounds right up my alley. I love those Quantic Dream games. I love Telltale games. Everything that's point and click and story based and um, you got a lot of dialogue options. You name it. That's that's up my alley. John, you platinum this, right? I did. Yeah, that's not saying much. The platinum's really easy. I mean, you, you basically just um, when you play through these games. So Alex's power in this game is that she can um, she can basically absorb other people's emotions and she can absorb emotion attached to items, basically. So she can like refeel something. Um, it, it, it's, it's it's super weird to describe, and even like seeing the trailers, I'm like, okay, whatever, what is this? But she matches people's emotion, and she can uh, have memories triggered based on emotion that like she's actually reliving. So the platinum is like there's these items all over the map that like you know they're like glowing red that you can act on that you can like draw your emotion and relive those items. So basically, the platinum is just going back and making sure you didn't miss any of those, which is super super easy. All right, I'll take it. That's yeah. going to be something I'm going to want to do. <laughs> easy, easy platinum. I mean, you play the game, you're, you're probably going to do most of that stuff anyways. I would say it's about a 10, 10 hour, 8 to 10 hours to get through a playthrough. And then you can just hop back into chapter select and it shows you how many memories you missed in each like subdivision of the chapter. It's super, super easy to go back and get that. If only Guardians of the Galaxy would let you do that. Yeah, and that was what yeah, the hell? Right, that was my... Like I just played Life is Strange before Guardians too, so it was super frustrating coming from a game that did it so well to hop into Guardians for a game that's twice as long, if not three times as long, to not be able to have that kind of control. I'm like, no, you're killing me. I don't want to get pissy over Platinums here, but that's kind of garbage. They need to fix that in an updated patch at some point. Um, I think I have like 83% of the trophies in Guardians, and then finding out that I couldn't go back and do the chapters and have it count towards that so that I have to do it in all one playthrough Oh my gosh, that's Brutal. disgusting. Come on, guys. Brutal. But anyway, there you have it, folks. We've got the first games of the year. We've got Life is Strange. We've got Halo Infinite. How about that? Nice way to kick off uh, Busy Sticks' in initial run here. Can't wait to see what next year looks like. The next episode, as we mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about the 2022 most anticipated games. So we're going to do the same thing we did here. We're going to do five each. We're going to figure out what those games are. And we want to hear from you. So get involved at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Leave a comment. Tell us what your most anticipated game is. We want to hear from you and put it on air ourselves. Before we wrap up the episode here, John, was there a game that you thought might have made your list that didn't? Or or was there a game that you found disappointing just in general this year? Not that we want to harp too much on negativity, but let's, let's talk about it. There, I can speak to two two games for two different reasons. First, I'll start a little more positive. One game that is very good. I just wish I played more, sort of like Forza Horizon Five, but this one I, I was more a little more hyped about. Um, Returnal. 
I really, I, I really wish I would have committed more to Returnal. That game is very difficult, um, but I, I was getting good at it. I was, you know, it's a game. Where, it's one of those games where like you learn, you learn what you're doing wrong, and, and it gets a little bit easier as you as you uh, stack up some more, you know, power and power ups and stuff like that. So I was progressing. Something just, something else just came out, and I and I totally, totally fell off of it. And I and I really wish I would have given it more of the time of day because I that 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 game could have easily made my list because it's gorgeous and it's a lot of fun to play. Um, so that's one where. Should probably should have made my list if I would have given it some more time. Um, one game that I think we share the, this opinion on that I, I wanted to love so bad and I, I did play it through and it was very disappointing it was 12 minutes. Man, that game was such a cool concept. Again, we talk about how much we love these story-based games, story, decision-based, like what a cool su- concept. You're in this apartment with your wife. All of a sudden, she drops dead. Someone opens the door. You get arrested or whatever, and then the day starts to loop, and you have to figure out through these different loops, like, what is going on? How do I break this loop? Man, the game just gets so obtuse. The puzzles are so, so, like, who's playing this without a guide? There's no way you're, there's no way you're doing that, man. It's, 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 just, it's just really silly, and if you are doing it, you're spending way too much time on it, and I don't see how you're enjoying yourself, because I was getting frustrated quickly with a lot of these puzzles, and the story just takes this absolutely wild turn, too. Uh, I think it just had so much potential that it just went you know a very weird place with i uh i echo that sentiment that's the game for me that was really disappointing this year wanted to love that game i'm like hey this is coming to xbox it's coming to game pass let's go daisy ridley are you kidding me william Will, defoe, william James defoe. McAvoy. oh like, i forgot what? about that what? forgot about all three right. like, what a star-studded cast for an indie game what a great cast i watched all the uh developers videos leading up to it they're their commentary, their behind the scenes, their interviews with Daisy and, and so on and so forth. And it just fell flat early on. I was so excited to play that game. And then quickly I was like, I need a guide. I have no idea what I'm doing. And then the payoff is not good. It's not a good story. And what, what are we doing here? It's just, yeah. it's very bizarre how, how that game ended up going. So much potential. So, yeah. Just not, not happy about how that ended up. Thankfully I didn't pay for it. Right. Cause it was game pass. Um, I thought from, from my perspective, so you had Returnal where you liked the game. You thought maybe if you spent more time with it, it'd get on your list. For me, uh, I did finish this game. I thought going in, maybe this was going to be a dark horse game of the year contender. It didn't quite get there. Still liked it, but it's Kena Bridge of Spirits. Um, that came out in August, I believe. Just came out with the, the physical edition. If you haven't picked that up, you can get it on, on sale right now. It's a fun game. It's, it's think of Pixar animation. Beautiful, pretty good story. Not a great story. I was hoping for more. Gameplay very flat. Uh, some of the the open world is is not super exciting. It is a game I do want to go back to, which is saying something at some point here. But uh, as I referenced in previous episodes of Busy, Busy Sticks, uh, the character I wanted to know more about is Kena. And though she is the protagonist, you, you don't really get there. You learn more about the other characters. So I think there's a really good framework in place for a sequel or another game kind of set in this world. We'll see what happens. And, and it actually sold very well. So we'll, we'll see what that looks like as we move forward. But that was a game on the cusp that I was hoping would do a little bit better. I also want to throw in a, a little bit here, John, games that I didn't play that I, I wanted to, that I just ran out of time with that I think could have been on this list. Uh, one, Life is Strange. We already talked about that. Uh, two, Resident Evil. I did not play that. 
It's a game I plan to play. I'm I'm a I'm a newcomer to the series. I played the remakes for two and three and absolutely loved them. I started seven in the middle of all of Guardians and Kena and Deathloop coming out, so it fell to the wayside. But holy shit, is it scary in first person? So I gotta finish seven, but then I'm gonna get into Resident Evil Eight. That's probably the game that I missed. I I don't know. I had uh, I had an interest in Returnal earlier in the year, but I kind of fell away from it, thinking you know it's time loop, it's challenging. I think this is probably not for me. Never say never that I, I play it eventually, but um, I think that's kind of it in terms of games I missed that I really wanted to play. And then Metroid Dread, I've played enough of to definitively say it's not in my top five, but I know a lot of people it would be in their top five. So something to to definitely mention there. Yeah, those are two that I can probably toss in that same category. That games that I uh, I I think I, I should have played and kind of still want to is I definitely want to give Metroid Dread a, a try. Never really played a Metroid game. The only one I've even tinkered around with was Metroid Prime Hunters on the on the DS. And I think that was a demo that came with the DS. I don't even, I don't even think I had the regular game. So that's my only my only introduction and only time I've played with a Metroid game. And uh, yeah, Resident Evil Village too. I want to I want to do the same thing. I dabble just like you with those games. I played the two remake. Really really liked it. Um, um, played a few hours of seven like it's almost a, kind of the same story of, of 12 minutes where i love i love horror like as a genre in terms of like movies and video games i, I think it's, it's one of my favorite genres i love i love scary stuff but the the resident evil stuff just goes so bizarre with it like you've got this really creepy story and i'm in this creepy house and all this creepy stuff is happening but then all of a sudden it just takes a left turn and like this is this is now just bizarre so that that's kind of what takes me out of the resident evil games um I, I do want to give it a shot. Seven and eight, I still want to. I still want to try, but we'll see. I think I, I mostly trying to make myself play seven because of eight and how those two, uh, I guess, tie it together. And I'm not usually a guy who says, "Hey, you got to go back and play these games." I'm a big believer in, like Ratchet and Clank. You don't have to play those previous games. You can if you want to, but you don't have to play the six or seven games that came out just to enjoy this one. Halo like, Infinite, that, same that's way. Crazy to me, right? Exactly. Like maybe there's stuff you pick up on that you appreciate more, but like you don't have to sink all that time into it. So I don't know. And the, the first person, man, holy crap. The first person perspective is just, it's, it's different. Killing me Resident it's different. Like I'm, I'm stressed to the max when I play that game. So I got to find a, a better balance <laughs> with that for <laughs> sure. Uh, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, in addition to listing what your game of 2022, that is most anticipated. What was your game of the year this year? We want to hear from you. Again, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Let us know. We've got it. We've got the initial ones here. We've got Life is Strange. We've got Halo. What a great year for games. Despite the pandemic, despite all the stuff that was delayed, we still got our fill and then some. 2022 looks to be even more promising with a bunch of AAA sequels on the way for Nintendo, for Sony, and Microsoft. We saw a lot of really cool announcements also at the Game Awards that we cannot wait to dive into in the years following that. So good times ahead if you are a gamer. As we say, it's a good time to be a geek. John, wrapping things up here. Anything we missed from today? Anything we want to tease for next week? You tell me. Yeah, I think we're in a good spot. Just uh, just looking back, what a great year for games, like you said, man. We've got two back-to-back really good years with 2020 uh, and 2021. I thought that um, 2019 was a little of a let- bit of a letdown, especially 17 and 18 being such heavy hitters and then 19 kind of being such a lull. To see 2020 and 21 also be back-to-back heavy hitters for games, I'm really, really pumped about. So, And like you said, to see the, the slate for next year, man, 2022 is gonna could could trump all of that. So I guess we'll see, but I'm I'm just pumped. We'll see what happens. We'll see if anything gets pushed. But right now, we could be talking about 
We're going to be talking about Horizon. We're hopefully going to be talking about God of War, maybe Zelda. Um, uh, we've got Gotham Knights, hopefully somewhere in there. I don't know if that's going to be, but like, the, there's just so many games that we're going to be talking about that hopefully are on this list. And, and I think of 2018, I was thinking about it on the drive home today. And I'm like, if you would have told me that Spider-Man from Insomnia came out in whatever year, that it wasn't game of the year, I would have said you're nuts. It wasn't my game of the year. It was God of War. There's, it was such a loaded year. I think we're going to see that with 2022 optimistically. I can't right. wait to play them, and I can't wait to talk about them. Absolutely, man. So that is going to wrap up this episode of Busy Sticks. We appreciate you going along for the journey, whether that was in the video version at youtube.com slash the geek of... Yeah, youtube.com slash the geek or on podcast services around the globe. We appreciate you listening. If you enjoyed the experience, share it with a friend. Let them know. You can also go to patreon.com slash the Geekiverse. Help us out there. And uh, the cliche quote is always to keep the lights on. So we want to do that. For John, I'm Josiah. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. Happy New Year.